Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. Oh, God, that was scary. (laughs) We're going to leave that. That's great. That's gold. That's gold right there. (laughs) Okay. Hi, Spooksters. It's your girl, Jessica, and welcome back to another episode of Three Spooked Girls. As per usual, I am joined by my favorite ghoul friend, Tara, who is very excited about how campy I'm being right now. Hey, Spooksters. (laughs) I got no words for that. I know. I'm like, Tara's like, stop. You're screwing it up, Jessica. Knock it up. (laughs) We've been um, having some libations and some girlfriend chat. So, you know, we're in a fun mood. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's a Monday. It's a fucking Monday. And it's a Monday. Yay. So this week, we're going to be coming at you with an episode about Hotel Monte Vista. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about like the history about all of their little wonderful inhabitants, if you get my drift, spooksters. But you know what we got to do first? We got to do our drinks. We got to do our business stuff, like our Patreon and all that stuff, so that you know about it. And our promos. So let's start with drinks. Tara, what you consuming this evening? Well, I skipped out on the wine tonight. <gasps> Pourquoi? For very good reason, because my wine will go with our episode we're recording on Thursday night. So I'm just going to lock that down for tonight. That makes sense. I have a a bitch drink, I guess. I don't know. What the fuck? It's a Red's Wicked Black Cherry. It's one of those, like, you know, the hard cider things in the cans. Yeah. I resent the fact that you called it a bitch drink because, you know, I love them. <laughs> I was trying to think how to describe <laughs> them for the listeners. It's a basic drink. Okay. Basic. I know my. I know myself. A basic. 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 It's fine. But yes, that's what I'm having. Um, I love black cherry anything. Mm, so. I do. It's num num. Yes. So that's what I got for tonight. What is our drink for the week? This week, we are coming at you with a drink called Mountaintop. Because Monte Vista means mountain view, and we like the view from the top. Boom. Campy as fuck tonight. I apologize in advance, Spooksters. <laughs> so how you make this drink is you need 1.5 ounces of peppercorn-infused vodka. Hold on. I will tell you how to make that. No, I did not make that because, no, no. I did not need that much vodka that was peppercorn-flavored. You need 0.5 ounces of St. Germain. ounces of ginger juice, freshly pressed. So I just stuck it in my Vitamix and was like, get it. So mine might be chunkier than the rest of yours. (laughs) No, those work pretty well, though. So, I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I love my Vitamix. We're not sponsored in any way, but like if you are in the market for a fantastic blender and you want to spend a couple hundred dollars. There you go. There you go. Do it. And then the last is you need 0.75 ounces of lime juice, freshly pressed. You put all of that into a shaker with some ice. It says nuggets of ice, which I thought was cute. Oh, that is cute. Little 
little ice nuggets <laughs> and then shake well and then <laughs> pour into a cocktail glass and garnish with a lime if you so choose. To make peppercorn infused vodka, which I did not, but you can, you need one liter of vodka. Choose a naturally flavored vodka is what they say. So like, you know, vodka. Right. I don't even know what that means, but okay. Well, because like strawberry, like, you know how like Sky has like blood orange. Plain vodka. Got you. Yeah. So plain vodka. Just go with the two nos. And then three ounces of peppercorns and they recommend the whole black tilly cherry peppercorns. And what you do is you remove an ounce of the vodka to account for displacement. So, you know, take a shot. Mm hmm. I was waiting for you to laugh and you didn't. I was like, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. I was taking you seriously. I'm sorry. You're like, oh, yeah, take a shot. Jessica encourages drinking. So that- <laughs> then you use a funnel and add the peppercorns into the bottle. Note, peppercorns should be whole and not ground or crushed. Leave for 24 hours. Shake vigorously two to three times. Very specific. And then strain out the peppercorns. Hmm, there you go. That makes sense because, like, I know during, like, Thanksgiving, there's a brine I do that has peppercorns in them. Right. That makes sense. Cool. I mean, I, I do that as well. But maybe this year I'll add vodka to my brine. Oh. Oh. Y'all, she just had an epiphany. Okay. <laughs> I did. I was like, how have I never added vodka to my turkey? And this is where spooksters are going to, like, comment in the section. Like, these are the reasons you don't add vodka to your turkey. Yeah. Please don't. Please help me. Okay. So let's move on to our business section of this. Mm -hmm. As always, Tara does a fantastic job of keeping our link tree up to date with our website, our merch store, everything. All our socials are in there. She put it in one convenient place because she loves you so much and she wants to make your life easier. So thank you, Tara. You're welcome. (laughs) You guys can't see her, but she did the little angel face. Like, yay, me. (laughs) And then we also added a new thing. We are starting to cite all our stuff. We may not verbally be citing all of our stuff, but we will be adding it in a blog style. So you can check that out. Tara's put it down in the show notes. You just clicky click. Mm -hmm. So you too can go on the amazing journey that Tara and I go to when we look for things. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. We want to give credit where credit's due. And we're going to take a pause, listen to this week's promos, and then we will catch you back in a minute. Hello, and let me tell you about Twisted Britain, a podcast on true crime in Britain with a sprinkling of the weird and the macabre. Your hosts are me, Bob Dale. And me, Nadine Royal. We're a couple of friends who met in the pub, and we developed a friendship based on our mutual love of booze, podcasts, and pub quizzes. We met in the Settlement in Sterling, and that's where we record. Each week, we both tell a story of something twisted. One long one and one short one. And we decide who goes first. Based on the flip of a coin. So if that sounds like something that would tickle your fancy, you can always find us wherever you normally find your podcasts. Just search for Twisted Britain. Thanks. Bye. Do you love a good Lifetime movie as much as I do? Do you find yourself screaming at the television for the heroine to do or not to do something you know she should or shouldn't be doing? This is Shannon from Shannon and Everybody's Business Podcast, coming at you with something new. Lessons from Lifetime, a podcast where I dig out the lessons from Lifetime movies and bring them here just for you. There are so many lessons that can be learned, ladies. I'm not kidding. If the bad guy looks dead, let's double and triple check before we turn and walk away. How about we just stop meeting people online altogether? Let's not introduce ourselves to the new neighbors down the street. And definitely, definitely not help that good-looking guy out on the side of the road. He will stalk 
and or murder you. So join me each week. I'll be covering the classics like Death of a Cheerleader and Every Woman's Dream to the newer ones like Jody Arias, Dirty Little Secret, and my new favorite, Love You to Death, the story of the Munchausen mom. You can find Lessons from Lifetime on all your favorite podcast platforms. Can't wait to see you there. Welcome back, Spooksters. So again, we are talking about Hotel Monte Vista, and Tara is going to kick us off with some fun facts about the place and the history and all that jazz. And then I'm going to come at you later with some spooky stuff. Yes. Okay. So the Hotel Monte Vista, in case you're curious, is located at 100 North San Francisco Street in Flagstaff, Arizona. Of all places, Arizona. Right? Random, random, random. The hotel came about during the 1920s when tourism was actually starting to build traction for Flagstaff. The residents realized that they needed to have like a high class place for all of their visitors because what they had currently at the time wasn't really up to par, if you could imagine, especially in the 1920s. Like, come on. So fundraising for construction began in April of 1926, and then the following month, they had actually raised about $200,000. Damn! Fundraisers. Right? Fuck, because I didn't do the conversion, but that's a shit ton of money for the 1920s. It is. So construction began on June 8th of 1926, so just a couple months later. Awesome. Right? Blueprints included 73 rooms, housing of the local post office, and that only lasted about like 10 years. And then also the office for the Cocono Sun, which is now the Arizona Daily Sun. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. The original name was actually not the Monte Vista. It was called the Community Hotel. That's like a fifth grader trying to put together a report. Right. But it was sweet, though, because it was chosen to honor the citizens there in Flagstaff since this was a community project, essentially. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. But later, it would be changed to Monte Vista through a naming contest. And it's funny that you said a little child about naming it because the winner was a 12-year-old child. So all y'all adults that were in charge just know that a 12-year-old bested you. Mm-hmm, exactly. And as Jessica mentioned in the beginning of this episode, Monte Vista does mean mountain view. So go 12-year-old. Yay. <laughs> so during the Great Depression, Monte Vista would be a huge asset to the community, as you can imagine. It was described as, quote, not only a viable economic model, but an essential one. So during this time, the hotel had a restaurant on site that was basically like a steakhouse. Hmm. The hotel also had a large kitchen where they would sell sandwiches and box lunches when the train would stop through town. So this would be good, you know, for not even just local people, but people just traveling through, you know, they need something to eat. So, of course, this is like one of the few places to go to. So easy way to make money. Oh, nice. They became a delicatessen. Exactly. And the hotel, of course, with that being built and having the restaurant and the kitchen and all of that, it brought tons of jobs to the community. So that was just another positive that they brought to Flagstaff. Nice. Yes. So all good things. So the hotel was sold to a private investor and is now owned by James Craven, who is still the owner. And he took over the hotel in the 70s. And this is kind of when they also started to do some updates. Originally, you know, it was pretty basic. It was just like bed, sink, not a ton, not a ton else. Hmm. The hotel is actually still open today and it's really easy to book a room. 
You have plenty of options. You can go to their website, which is on our sources page because I use that for some fun stuff a little later. Mm. And uh, you can go on a ton of other travel sites as well. Basically, if you just search Hotel Monte Vista, it brings up all kinds of different like, you know, Expedia, all that good stuff. Oh, so it's like mainstream. Yeah. I kind of wanted to compare like how much it cost because, you know, we did this with Lizzie Borden and other places too, just to see what it cost because I was just curious. So I just threw in some random dates to see what the range was on that. Mm -hmm. On the website, it ranged from 85 a night to 145 a night. And of course, that's based on like how many beds and the size of beds and all that good stuff. So not an expensive place to go. No, not at all. And on TripAdvisor, it showed the average to be about 115 a night. Book through the website. Yeah. You might as well go to the website. Oh, but it probably has like all the fees included in that price. So it probably would end up being like $115 a night. Yeah, true. And you can request specific rooms for reasons that Jessica will get into later. Mm, Reasons. (laughs) But they do state on the website that they can't guarantee those rooms because, you know, certain rooms are popular. So they may already be booked up. That kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. They are also not pet friendly, so please leave your fur babies at home. Well, I'm not going because if Chloe can't go, that's rude. (laughs) If Chloe can't go, that is a deal breaker. (laughs) That would be for Thomas. He'd be like, no, we're not going. Chloe can't go. (laughs) But I do like that they do list all of this stuff on there. So that is nice before you even get into booking because it's all on that like first page Mm -hmm. when you're going to enter the dates. But before we get to the spookiness, I did come across some kind of like fun facts about the hotel when I was doing my research and kind of poking around some websites and also on the hotel website. Uh So apparently in Flagstaff, like downtown, there's a lot of underground tunnels. (gasps) You know I'm a sucker for underground tunnels. Uh Uh-huh. And apparently they all link through all sorts of like local business basements, including the Monte Vista. That's awesome. Yes. So there had been like a huge fire in the town. And unfortunately, the Chinese workers had been blamed for it. So it was said that they had used these to travel through town to avoid being harassed because apparently it got like really, really bad for them at one point. Oh, my God. Yeah. But then later, these tunnels took a darker turn. They'd be used for, like, sketchy activity, which is not surprising either. (laughs) They were said to be used as opium dens, used to transport moonshine for gambling and other activities. Very nice. Very, very nice. Mm Mm-hmm. And speaking of moonshine, a topic we have touched on in the past was the prohibition during the 30s. Mm Mm-hmm. There was a cocktail lounge that was a part of the hotel, but it was a huge bootlegging operation base, apparently. Good for it. Yeah. It was shut down by the cops, though, in 1931. But once the prohibition was lifted, it reopened in 1933. So it was only closed for two years. (laughs) What was kind of interesting was there was a light on top of the hotel that acted as like a call to action light. It would alert law enforcement and also citizens to kind of let them know like when danger or something big was going on in town. Now, while there's not just a light there anymore, they do have this like iconic, cool neon sign with the hotel's name. You Google the hotel, any picture, you'll see it. It's really cool looking. It's like vintage and fun. Like I like it a lot. Yeah, it's cool. 
Now, another thing that was pretty damn cool, and I know you'll appreciate this, Jess, and any other female podcaster or broadcasting individual, there was a resident at the hotel named Mary Costigan. She was the second woman in the world to receive a license in radio broadcasting in 1927. Get it. Right? She had moved there from Detroit to help her brother operate the Majestic Opera House. He had owned it. Years later, he had fallen extremely ill, so she actually took over. So after getting her license, she set up like a whole station backstage. Oh, that's cool. Right. And then two years later in 1929, she moved, it was called KFXY, over to the hotel. And then what was pretty cool too was over 400 residents came to watch her first show, which was actually airing for three hours a day. Oh my God. Yeah. So it was a pretty big deal. Pretty big fucking deal. And along with Miss Mary there, there has been a crap ton of celebrities who have visited this hotel as well. I'm not going to go through the whole list. If you want to, go check out our sources page and you can go see on the hotel website. They list everyone who stayed there who's famous. But it was said that Casablanca was filmed on location at this hotel while Humphrey Bogart was actually staying there. So what was interesting there is... On their website, they have it listed as it's rumored to have parts filmed there. <laughs> no, but here's what's weird. So I'm like, okay, let me go like look. So of course, first place you go to is IMDb. Easiest one. There it's listed, yes, that they did film parts of it there. But then I went to a couple other websites for Casablanca and it doesn't have it listed at all. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. It's in, Yeah, it's really weird. So maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Maybe that's why the website or the hotel website has to legally put rumored. Maybe. I'm not sure. If we got any old school film fanatics. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know. But like I said, there's a whole, whole list of different celebrities. That's like a whole range of people. It's from like John Wayne to Michael J. Fox to Freddie Mercury. All kinds of people have stayed at this hotel. Like tons. It's crazy. Yeah, it is insane how many people have stayed here. And I think that's kind of a good segue for me to kind of hand that off to Jessica. So short and sweet on the hotel there. But, you know. Just a, a fun little place that was just trying to up the economy in the town and do some good. I like that they did that. Like, I like that they just like took a minute and they were like, how can we make our town better? Because like you find most towns are like, how can we destroy their lives? Right. Yeah. No. And then they recognize that like, hey, we have a train that comes through here. We have more people coming like. Right. We need to turn Flagstaff into a destination location. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how well that turned out because I've never had <laughs> before learning about this hotel have ever wanted to go to Arizona. It's hot. Well, what's interesting is when I was like looking up stuff, it seems like quite a few people have went and visited there, like local people or, you know, people in Arizona and stuff. It makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. for them to do that. Yeah. And I mean, in Flagstaff, it is on Route 66, so... Mm -hmm. Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, the Hotel Monte Vista has some guests that never check out. <laughs> yes. It is known for a wide variety of ghosts. There's about 12 to 13. So let's get started. Ooh. The first one of note, I find super interesting. We're going to call him the bank robber ghost. Because that's what the hotel website calls him. <laughs> in 1970, three men robbed the local bank. And while they were doing so, they were like, okay, robbers, because one got shot. And 
they were like, hell yeah, we robbed a bank. Let's go celebrate. Where are we going to celebrate? Let's go to the Hotel Monte Vista Lounge and have some drinks. But our good friend, the ghost, before he was a ghost, was still wounded, <laughs> didn't seek medical attention and added alcohol on top of it. Uh. So while he was celebrating, he bled to death in the hotel. Winner. So I don't know if like people just like if the other bank robbers were like, peace out, mofo. And just left? Probably. I mean, I would. But ever since then, patrons and staff have reported hearing a disembodied voice saying, good morning. Oh. At least he's friendly, bank robber. This is true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also reports of bar stools and drinks moving. So, you know, he's, I don't know if he's like moving them to like let people sit or he prankstery and he's like, my fucking chair. But either way, watch your drink at the Hotel Monte Vista Lounge because... He's going to take it. A robber might take it. (laughs) So our next ghost, (laughs) she might be a pretty woman. We don't know. (laughs) But she is the woman of the night. In old Flagstaff, there used to be a red light district, and it was located two blocks south of the Monte Vista, just on the other side of the railroad tracks. And in the 1940s, two prostitutes were brought to room 306 and killed And then thrown out the window. Uh. And so, rightfully so, these women or women, they don't know if it's both of them, Mm -hmm. but they're a little pissed. Right. So many guests have reported waking up in the middle of the night and feeling like they're being watched. Oh, that's fun. I mean, yeah. Male guests reported having hands placed over their mouths and throats and not being able to breathe. Well... (laughs) (laughs) They vindictive. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. They have some feelings. (laughs) They're very mad. I mean, I would be like if you were just trying to make a living. Well, right. And I feel like this would be a probable ghost for this time period because unfortunately nobody gave a shit if a prostitute died. Right. I mean, I don't think they listened to Reba McIntyre's song, which is be nice to the men and they'll be nice to you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I'm like, what's the next word? <laughs> I don't know. Here's your last chance. Fancy, don't let me down. There you go. <laughs> and then for anyone under the age of like 20, they're like, what the fuck? What is Jessica talking about? <laughs> what is Jessica talking about? Google it. Reba McIntyre. Fancy. It'll change your world. YouTube. What did I say? Google? Yeah. God, I'm getting old. It's okay. Okay. The next one is kind of the most famous of ghosts. He is the Phantom Bellboy. And he has been known to knock on your door. And when you open the door, like annoyed because you're like, who the fuck is knocking on my door at this time of night or whatever? Or you would hear through the door, room service. And you're like, I didn't order anything. You open the door and there's no one there. So it's literally a game of knock, knock, who's there that you keep losing. Hmm. I know. And he's also been seen standing out of room 210, which brings us to one of our famous guests. John Wayne stayed in room 210 and actually had a interaction with him a few times. And he said that he seemed very friendly and not threatening at all. He likes to pull antics on the housekeeping, like move their shit around, which, by the way, I think is hilarious. Like, because obviously they're bored. Like, this whole time I keep thinking of, like, Hotel from American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I was a character on there, I would just fuck with people because it'd be funny. Like, it's going to take your soap, like... You know, I know this sounds weird that I'm peeping Tomming, but like in the middle of their shower, I would like take their shampoo out. Right. Because like how fucking pissed would you be if you were like, (laughs) 
why the fuck is my shampoo? <laughs> and leave it like all the way on the other side so they have to like walk on the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> you just be the impractical joker ghost. Yeah. You wouldn't be like scaring or hurting anybody. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I don't want to be any of those ghosts from that hotel show, like from hotel season. No, God, that's. I like have nightmares from the one that had the weird sex toy. Ew, yeah. Anyways, so the bellboy is described as a young man in a red coat with brass buttons, and he's seen walking up and down the halls, just, you know, always doing his job. Young people today need the same dedication, as <laughs> some of the coworkers I used to work with would say. <laughs> I used to have a guy who yelled at me all the time because I was a millennial, and he was like, millennials don't <laughs> do shit. And I was like, I've been working for five hours already, and you've taken two breaks <laughs> and not brought me a coffee. So, okay. The next ghost is a little boy. So the young boy is seen wandering up and down the halls and he likes to take the hands of guests. They also hear a disembodied voice from behind them as they're walking down the hall. And sometimes it appears that the little boy is speaking to his mother. Oh, mm-hmm. he said to be friendly, possibly looking for someone who wants to play. The kid ones always make me kind of sad. I know. And I know this sounds weird, but like, I hope nothing like tragic happened to them. Like, I hope they like, mm-hmm. you know, caught pneumonia and died. Right. Yeah. Like not like murdered or anything. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always wanting it to be something just like tuberculosis, which is like horrible in <laughs> itself, too. But it's like murder or TB. Right. At least it's like if they had tuberculosis, someone was caring for them and trying to make them better versus if you're murdered, that's the opposite. Yeah. yeah no, I get what you're saying. This next one, when I first saw the name, I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this guy's name is The Meat Man. Oh, I don't like this. And he hangs out in room 220. The Meat Man was a long-term boarder, and he hung raw meat from his chandelier. I don't like this one. Freaks me out. That's what he did. Didn't do anything else creepy. He was found dead three days later in the 1980s by a maintenance man. Oh, gross. It is said now that when the maintenance men are in the room, or like, this is a common occurrence. To find dead people? No. I mean, maybe. (laughs) Depending on what (laughs) hotel you're staying at. So this happened a few days afterwards. A maintenance man went into the room and was doing some cleanup and like changing some stuff. And so he left the room, turned off all the lights and locked the door. He came back a few minutes later. The TV was on full blast. The sheets were scattered around the room and all the lights were on. So apparently the meat man was a very messy person. Okay. And since then, like lights have been seen askew, that kind of stuff. Like basically there's been no one in the room and then they come back in and everything is on because, you know, he still lives there. Right. Then there's the rocking chair room, which is 305. Oh, yeah. It was actually featured on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. It's the most active room in the hotel. Numerous reports of seeing a woman like an I believe, an elderly woman. Guests in housekeeping have seen the chair move when no one was around it. A knocking comes from inside the closet. That's the one that gets me. (laughs) Mm -mm. An elderly woman once lived there. She was a long-term renter, and she would sit by the window for hours. No one knows if she was looking for or at something. I watched a video. It faces the town square, like downtown, obviously. Aw, maybe she's just people watching. Yeah, probably. I mean, I would. What was interesting, maybe they just overlooked it. The people that I watched, they were like paranormal investigators or whatever. I guess they tried to find that Unsolved Mysteries episode and they couldn't find it. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know if it didn't air or if they just... There's so many episodes of that show, like Jesus Christ. Their website says it, fe- it was featured, so yeah. So I'm sure it's out there. It just hasn't been converted. Yeah. 
I'm going to skip the seventh ghost and come back to it at the end. Okay. I don't like it. Ew. Okay. The next is the dancing couple. The lounge staff and patrons have witnessed a transparent couple dancing in the cocktail lounge. Hmm. Isn't that sweet? It is sweet. They're in formal attire and they're always seen laughing and smiling. Oh, like I want to see them like they'd be fun. Right. It reminds me of like Disneyland and like the Haunted Mansion, like mm-hmm. the part where you're like looking down over the party and it's like the couple is like spinning. Yeah, I was going to say that. Oh, That's my favorite part of that ride. I know. I know. I tell you every time like that's my favorite part. <laughs> and I can say that because like Tara and I've been on the ride a few times together. Like we've only got to Disneyland once together. Mm hmm. But we went on it multiple times. <laughs> but every time I go to Disneyland and I'm without Tara, I essentially FaceTime her while I'm on that ride, The Little Mermaid. And there's one more. I can't remember. Oh, Pirates. That's what it is. Oh, Pirates. Duh, of course. Yes. I was like, it has to be a ride that I can just like hold my phone on. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, breaking all the Disneyland rules, but it's just we're not recording. We're just sharing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next is The Shadowed Man. He haunts the basement. He has been seen standing behind several employees and delivery guys. He stands over six feet tall. He's menacing and his presence is said to be uncomfortable. Oh, lovely. Okay. Yeah. For the most part, like the ghosts in this hotel are very nice. Right. There's just a few that you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Speaking of nice ghosts, this next one is a real gem. Hmm. He is the elevator attendant. Aw. Even though the elevator is now modernized and you do not need an attendant, many people, mainly housekeeping and the front desk agents, have seen a polite attendant assisting riders in the elevator. He is often heard asking, which floor may I take you to? Keep an eye on the mirrors when you exit because then you can see him. It's it's like Disneyland. Oh, it's so cute. I know. I'm like, oh, can I have a friendly attendant? Like, God, do you know how many hotels I'm in? And I'm like, I got to push the button. I'm lazy, guys. I'm sorry. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> the next ghost is the poltergeist and the voices. So we're not quite sure how many voices, but this is what they say. The housekeeping has reported problems with light bulbs being unscrewed and being removed. Mm. So... These guys are just, they like to fuck with people. Right. Um. At one point, like Tara mentioned earlier, the post office used to be a part of it, but now it's not. It's separate. And ghosts have been seen walking back and forth between the two buildings. Okay. It's so like old workers or something. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. The last one, which was number seven, which I skipped because it makes me uncomfortable to talk about. Oh, okay. It's the baby in the basement. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, if you're there, you might hear a very disturbing and distressful sound. Sounds of an infant crying in the basement, primarily, or it's been reported by maintenance and the laundry personnel. Staff have found themselves running upstairs to escape the sound because it gets so loud and it doesn't stop. It's just a baby, like, crying and wailing. And though the sound is very real, they cannot tell where it's coming from or how the phenomenon is happening or anything like that. So that's kind of very disturbing to a lot of hotel workers because they they feel a little unsafe because there's a baby crying and there's the haunted man that lives in the basement as well. So who knows what the fucker's doing? No, thank you. Mm-mm. So those are the ghosts that live in the Hotel Monte Vista. I'm really like, I like this place. Like, it might be a fun trip, but again, I might have to go in the winter. Right. Yeah. It's Arizona. So, I mean, you don't really want to go in the summertime. I mean, the hotel rate's probably a lot cheaper. I'm sure it is, but I don't want to melt. Who knows if they have air conditioning? Yeah, true. Well, it's modernized. They may, but still. Yeah, no, thank you. They'd have to. People would die. (gasps) Is that how they get their ghosts? (laughs) 
So that kind of brings us to a conclusion of this week's episode. Tara, do you have anything else you want to add? Yeah, I mean, I think it would be fun to add on the list if there's other little places we would be going to in that area. <gasps> we could go to Yuma. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun. I don't know how far that is apart. I don't either. Googling. Do it. Driving, it would take five hours. That's not terrible. I Yeah, I think it'd be a fun, like, if we were doing a multi-stop little kind of road trip getaway type thing, I think it'd be fun to do a night there or so. Yuma is really close to the border. Oh, really? Like San Diego, like the opposite of San Diego, but. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. You know, even if you didn't have any, like, actual activity, it's a cute little hotel. So it'd still be neat to check out. Mm-hmm. We have, a, like, every week, or not every week, but, like, our list grows and grows and grows of places we want to go. My other thing I had was if any of you guys have been here, let us know. And we'd love to know if you've had any experiences or mm-hmm. maybe it was a normal stay. That's cool, too. But, yeah, just curious because I know some of the other places we've covered, we've had people visit. So, yeah. Yes. That's all I got. So I'm excited for this place because it's cool. It's something that I didn't know about until I don't even know how we found this, but it was just a topic that was brought to our attention and I'm a fan. Either someone suggested it to us or it was in one of those articles when we were looking at like unique haunts or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, so I want to go. Vacation time. Right? I know. It'd be so fun. Sorry. Jessica's excited (laughs) to go on airplanes. That's all. She is hyped. She is hyped, guys. I love the hype. Anyway, let's calm ourselves down, Jessica. Okay, so thank you guys for tuning in this week. We appreciate you. Again, all our stuff is in the show notes under the link tree. If you want to be a patron, it helps us out by being able to purchase better equipment, do stuff like that. Everything, even a dollar, you get fun stuff. Like every month you get your own episode that no one else gets to listen to. It's just them. And $5.patrons have their own Facebook group where we do lives and we did a, they got their very own special Q&A with us. We post stuff in there a lot. We interact a lot in there. It's good. It's good stuff. Hell yeah. And we got some fun stuff planned for September because that's our one year anniversary. I know. Oh my God. Are you guys so excited? Because it's like literally just two weeks from the time you're listening to this. Oh yeah. Anyway, well, we appreciate you guys and love you, and we will see you soon. And check out Thursday's Stabby Snippet. Bye. Bye, guys. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.